verse of the day, Isaiah chapter 50, verse seven, but the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint and I know that I shall not be put to shame. Hey y'all, hey, it's another episode of JC and Cole. How's y'all week been? Mine's been astounding. Uh, to be honest, it's, I'm not going to say astounding. It's more so, that's way over. I'm overdoing it. It definitely was a week full of, I got to feel every emotion this week. That's the best way for me to put it. But, you know, through the grace of God, of course, it ended up pretty, being pretty good, man. Be able to adjust adjusting to adversity is a, it's the art of mind, I would say. Oh, look at you. That's beautiful. Yeah, my week's been pretty good. Uh, uh, actually, you know what? It has been. It's been all over the place, actually. Um, but it kind of slipped my mind for a second because right now I'm doing really well. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of emotions going up and down. I have boards coming up, so I'm preparing for that mentally. School is just really all over the place. Life, I'm just living it right now, y'all. Just living it. What about you, Kanithia? Before I go into my week, I just wanted to point out that um, Samantha said boards, but y'all, it is to get her doctorate, okay? She's in chiropractic school, all right? I have to big up my best friend for a second because she's saying <laughs> boards. Like, it's like, oh, I'm studying for the ACT. It's not the ACT, y'all. It's boards for her to become a doctor. That means That's free healthcare for me. That, like, that means that? I get to get whoa, checked for free. So I'm proud of you, girl, you know, cracking them backs. But, um, if y'all see my face right now, <laughs> it matters. Okay. If you, if your best friend is becoming a doctor, come on now. You got to take advantage of that. Like a chiropractor, you know, them stressful days, girl, come over here and help your girl out. But I'm so proud of you though. And she's going to do oh, great on the boards. So like she's always been smart, too smart, but, um, oh let's get going my week has been pretty good i have to say i was able to get out of the house do some fun things for myself i was really grateful that the stimmy came okay yeah the stimulus yes the stimmy came fsu dropped some money my account don't know why but your girl is taking it not calling not emailing nobody so i was like you know what god this this is a blessing <laughs> and God blesses me in so many ways than just financially, but it was a great weekend, a great week, but something did happen that I really wanted to discuss. And it made me think about the podcast because a lot of the time as Christians, before we get saved, we're involved in, you know, a, a sinful lifestyle. And even after you get saved, you still fall short, but the difference is the decisions that you make and that you're committing to living a certain lifestyle. And before I was saved, of course, I was making decisions based out of fear and insecurity and de- depression and anxiety and just my mental health. I was in a dark place. So I really wasn't making the best decisions. And I'm really thankful that God pulled me out of that situation. But as we all know, our sins carry consequences. So whether it be mental, physical, emotional, 
they still carry some type of consequence and certain things can happen that trigger you or certain things can happen that just reminds you of like where you used to be at before you really found God. And this week I came across a situation that happened and it really just made me think about who I used to be, that young girl who was not making the best decisions, who wasn't really proud of myself. I would cry myself to sleep at night and it was just, I was making decisions that I look back on now. And of course I regret it, but at the same time, it got me to where I am today. But this week I felt a lot of shame. Like I was, you know, crying to God and I was like, man, if I wouldn't have made those decisions, then maybe this situation wouldn't have happened. You know, if I was just a better Christian, if I was more so like other girls or other people that was into God during that time, I wish I wouldn't have waited but I had to really work through those feelings. So for this episode, I really want us to focus on shame and specifically shame that happens after you get saved. Like after you find God and you feel like I'm a new person, I've been cleansed, I've been renewed. What happens when something, a situation occurs that brings you back to the old you and it brings you shame? Um, I mean... One thing that I can say about it, and I think that people kind of forget, after you get baptized, after you repent, you're still working on a relationship with God. It's not just all of a sudden, bloop, I, I got baptized and now I'm this new person. No, it's work. Every single day it's work. Every single day it's you remembering what your purpose is, what it is you're trying to do, the lessons you've learned from the Bible, and you implement that on your daily activities. There are going to be times as a human, you're going to fall short, especially after you you become baptized and, and choose to be a child of God. But I, I think the thing is that so many times when we as Christians, when before we choose the new lifestyle that we have, we feel as though even if we haven't worked on the things of the past, we now get baptized. Those things of the past are gone and they are, but at the end of the day, you have to work on changing it. So it doesn't replay in, in your new life. One story that I remember, and I think I said at the last episode is when, um, the women, when these people, the, what are the Pharisees chose to bring the adulterer to Jesus saying, Hey, she's an adulterer. Um, normally we're supposed to stone her. What do you think we should do? Jesus. And Jesus said, the first person without sin cast the first stone. And after all that, everyone left and he told her, okay, where are all your accusers? They're, they've gone, okay, now sin no more. He had to tell her sin no more. He forgave her. She probably forgave herself. And it's afterwards, you have to take the time to change your ways to sin no more. And I think that's the part that we, we don't focus on 100% because we feel when we choose that new life, then it's, I'm automatically going to make better decisions. No, you have to implement those better decisions every single time. And there are going to be times where you're reminded of the past, but you have to look at where you've come from and where that you're not there anymore. And it takes time. It's not something that happens in a day, two days, whatever the case is. It takes time to implement the things of the Bible. So... Yeah, speaking about back off Sam, that was a a great way to put it. I can't I can't really add too much words to that, but it's so just to reiterate. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we make that decision to get baptized, that's the beginning of you know of the of the the road. You know, yeah, that's that that's your that's the 
the beginning of your uphill battle. This doesn't mean once you've done this act, you're now in this promised land and this utopia where you just become like where you're in a position where you don't have to worry about certain sins and you just no, there's so many other things that has to go on as you walk with Christ. That's that's so much needed because I said this before in an episode before that God wants to he wants you to experience the full extent of life. So you gotta be able to understand that there's gonna be things that come upon your life like the sins that you currently go through, they're not gonna be dissipated in a snap of a finger. But what will be dissipated in a snap of a finger is your the sins that you committed prior to you making a commitment to being to following Christ. So I mean, other than that, I think Sam killed it and then topped it all for me. Yeah. Uh I can stay with this week. This week has been a very trying week. The same thing for Kenethia remembering things of her past. There's things of my past that just kind of, I felt like slapped me in the face. And um, it's in those moments, it's very difficult for you to, you know, think about that. Like think about the type of person you used to be. And it, it's hard. Like it's very difficult because when you look back, you think about, just like Kanithia said, you think about the thought process you had, the reasons why you did the things that you did. Um, and it's hard because you kind of put yourself back in that position. But after a realization, after remembering whose child you are, you have to remember that everything that happened did happen for a reason. It made you who you are today. And now it's of the past. Even if it tries to show up, even if someone tries to remind you of the mistakes you've made, you know that that's not you. Like you have to remember, remind yourself of that. Yeah. And I feel like feeling that shame, it comes, but you can't let it, you can't let it, um, cause you to forget where you are now. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the hardest part is not being stagnant, like not dwelling and not wallowing in that because it's easy to stay in bed or it's easy to just say, you know what? I'm a horrible person. I don't deserve forgiveness. I don't deserve to be where I am today. But God is saying, no, I pulled you out of that for a reason. Like you're out of it. And yes, even though what you did was wrong and you're now facing those consequences and you're not having to go through these emotions and these mental challenges that you might not have had to go through if you just were to live righteously from the beginning, you didn't. So me, I'm the kind of person where once I make a decision, I give myself options. Like, a, B, C. A, I can stay in bed and I can think about it all day. B, I can continue to feel the shame. I can continue to be stagnant. Or C, I, I can get up and go. Like, I have to give myself options and just break it down just that simple. Because I still have things to do this week. And even though I felt bad about it, I had to pray it, about it. I had to really sit in my bed and talk to God about it because I did feel shame. But God also reminded me, but look where you are right now. Like, you were in that place in 2018. Like it's 2021. Like you literally started working your way out of this. Really in 2019 is when I really started to make a decision to be righteous and to really follow him. And, you know, of course I've had my moments where I've fallen short, but I made that decision ever since then. I haven't looked back at that. I've, I've known where I wanted to be and who I wanted to be. And it's taken me some time to work through a lot of kinks within myself. And I'm still learning a lot about myself, 
but God has brought me out of that. And I had to give myself some type of like, you know, applause for that. Yeah. I had to say, you know what, you made that decision and you haven't went back to that life. You, you haven't, even though you're not perfect. And there's still some things that you really need to change about yourself. What you left, you have not went back to that. So for that, you got to give God the, the worship that he deserves and the praise that he deserves. But I feel like God also wants us to say, you know, what? but I still made, I still made that decision because I was telling Sam this earlier, this is a relationship with God. This is not a dictatorship. God is not a puppeteer and we're not little puppets. God does his part, but he also looks at us to do our part. So for me, overcoming that shame, for me coming to God and praying about it, that was me doing my part. God already brought me out of it. Now it was up to me to stay out of it. Yeah. And I have, so I had to let go of that shame, but it wasn't easy. It was definitely hard when I was crying to God that night, but then I had to remind myself like who I am what I've been through, what I've overcome, and that the devil wants me to stay wallowed in my shame. The devil wants us to stay stagnant. Once we feel that shame, now it's up to us. Are we going to go to God with this shame? Or are we going to let the um, devil to play on it? And I wasn't going to allow the, the um, devil to play on my shame anymore because I've been there and I've done that. That's facts. You know what I mean? That's real. For the most part, though, like Tanika, that's 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 a beautiful story. Like you can't, we can't allow ourselves to indulge in things that we did in the past. Like it's it goes back to how my past life was. Like, I, granted, uh, since uh, since I've decided to give my life to Christ, I have made mistakes. I have made moments. I have taken moments to where I I wish I didn't, you know, transgress in those moments, but I never really fully went back to the life. I never went and, and tried to indulge in things that I was indulging in heavily and stuff like that. So it's it's a lot of mishaps. It's it's you you get up like uh I listened to a pastor he was explaining he was like Monday and Tuesday you could be oh praise the Lord everything is great and you're you're fighting the devil but the devil gets you one he gets you on Wednesday he gets you on Thursday and you have to realize, like, man, you got to get back up on Friday and fight back because mm-hmm. we're not fighting somebody that's weak. Like, I, mis- I think the mis- we are misconstrued and led astray about who the devil really is. That And, and, and make us, they, they try to tell us those that aren't, you know, um, supposed to be teaching us this stuff. They, they tell us that we have this so-called, there's so much power over the devil. And it's just like, no, bro, do you know how strong this guy is? This guy took a third of the angel to start a war in heaven. So, like, this, we need to take into consideration know, and understand who our enemy is. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a strong, he knows what you like. He's going to send you what you want. He's going to put that, those things, he's going to put that on, on, your, on, your, on your walk with God. And it's going to be your choice to, to jump over it or stumble over it. But at the end of the day, no matter what, as long as you, you know, try to keep the faith and you fight the good fight and you walk and you keep your, and you align yourself with God, footstep by footstep, every, every step you take with God, scratch it every step. Because I heard a bar in this one uh, Christian uh, rap song. He was like, there's only two, when he was walking with God, there's only two footsteps. God was carrying him. So, mm. like, it's, uh, we need to let God carry us through this, this, this um, debacle called life. Yes, I do. I do have a question. 
so i know okay (laughs) so i know we're talking about you know how we felt our shame but has have you guys experienced someone making you feel bad about mistakes you've made in the past like you Mm. now turned over this new life and they keep you know reminding you of mistakes you've made back in the day so i've I've never had anyone try to make me feel ashamed, but I've had like people try to treat me like I'm still the same broken girl. Mm -hmm. Like whenever I would say something that I'm now that, that when I would act, when I would express myself in a way that exemplified who I am now, they didn't believe it. And it was almost like they would try to put me into a box like mm-hmm. make me feel like well I think you're doing this because of that reason and I'm like no I'm not doing it because of that reason that's why that's when I used to make these this these decisions based off of insecurity and fear of being alone but now I'm really feeling like this because that's just naturally how I feel yeah. so luckily but I, I will never have anyone in my life who tries to make me feel ashamed mm-hmm. of anything that I've done like I don't because I feel like that's not that's not gonna help me. Like I already, especially if I'm already communicating that I already feel that shame, and then someone in my life tries to say, "So you're already feeling it, but let me dump some extra shame on you." I'm like, yeah. "Get out, player. Get out. Like <laughs> you're not going to speak to right now. I need to speak to somebody that's gonna be honest with me, but not try to be like, "Yeah, you did do this wrong. Yeah, that was a mistake." Be like, "Yo, I know. I just said." I made a mistake. <laughs> but yeah, I never went through that before though. What about you, Junior? Um no, not really. I mean, I've I've lived uh <laughs> I don't think people that I dealt with feel comfortable themselves to talk to me in such a way. But what I've actually uh been through is that um uh, there there has been situations where someone may want to you know find out what like they'll they'll meet they meet me at this place where i'm just you know i'm fluid i'm walking with god i'm 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 straight and narrow and they want to just know what's what did i do before like what was my where did my past come from Mm -hmm. and you can always you can always feel malicious intent with that you know what i'm saying whether Mm -hmm. if they're being you could tell if they're being genuine with you or not and when the people i can just I have a good sense of people, and once I feel that it's this is a negative, trying to be a, they're trying to find a, a tool to destroy me. Mm. I just tell them like, man, I try not, I try to deflect, you know. Yeah. But but if it's someone that's real, I I let them know because I know that my story can give them hope. Yeah. So. Yeah. For like me, I don't think that I have those type of people in my life. I think for the most part, I do have, you know. I guess you can say family that kind of joke about the type of person I used to be because mm. just to be a little transparent when I was younger I used to steal a lot I used to lie you're lying a thief <laughs> no I used to do it a lot and that's in my family that's what I was like known for uh, because I used to make mistakes with them and it became a like a running joke in my family about the type of person I was. And of course, you know, it took me a long time to get to a point of being better, but it 
it was always um a narrative for them like that's what I was reminded by or reminded of they if they said Samantha it was this name that they call me Movision, which means like the mean girl um the bad girl or whatever the case is and um that's been my nickname till now it's like dang you know I know I've made mistakes but why do I have to always be known for my mistakes well why can't I be known for you know the person I am now and of course there's not I don't think that they're trying to be malicious with it for them it's a joke but for me it's like ooh, you know you're kind of making me remember you know the bad things I used to do yeah and um yeah so that for me is kind of the a shame shame that I feel because I never really get a chance to really 100% move forward because it's now a joke in the family so yeah and I think for some people like a lot of times they want to keep you in that same place because it's a level of comfort for them Mm -hmm. because they can't fathom the fact that now they have to get to know this whole new person I know for me and for a lot of people, when folks try to like talk to you, like you're kind of that same person, it's like, no, I kind of need you to put in the work to get to know the new me. Because the Bible does say that when you turn away from sin, when you decide to wash yourself in him, you do become like a new person. Mm -hmm. Like you have to think differently. You got to move differently. You have to behave differently. So for some people, it's just too much to try to get to know this new person. Like, and that's when friendships and relationships might have to end. I think that's why God says that, or even like not even as God, but like pastors and people that are into the church and into God and Christ, they always tell you that you will know who your real friends are when you start to really walk with God. Mm-hmm. You will know that, and not that it's like they're not real friends, they don't really care about you, but people will have to leave your life because they're so stuck on the old you. Even like people that I've dated that I used to talk to that within my life for a long time, like they could not fathom the fact that hold up, Kenitha is a new person and no, I'm not going to hang out with you the way I used to. No, I'm not going to be coming to your house that late. No, we're not going to be on that same thing. And for this one particular guy that was in my life for like 10 plus years, he just really couldn't deal with that. So I had to cut him loose because he kept talking to me and treating me like the same old Kenethia that I was in like 2018. And I'm like, do you not hear the way I'm speaking to you? Do you mm-hmm. not see that I'm a different person? And you're seeing it like, obviously I feel like he was seeing it, but he had a hard time with accepting it. It was like, I don't want you to change. I want you to go back to the same old you. I, I'm like, because that was comfortable for you. But if we're going to be honest, I was never comfortable. Yeah. Or happy being that old person. So if you really love me and you really care about me, then you would say, not only am I accepting it, but I see that you're at a way better place. So it's just a comfort level for people who want to try to talk to you or kind of treat you like you're that same person. And I don't even take it personal. Even then, I didn't even try to take it personal. I was like, you just kind of stuck in the old mindset and I'm growing and I'm changing and I'm going to have to leave you behind. And it hurt me for a period of time. But now I had to realize that having people around you that constantly try to make you feel like you're the same person, mm-hmm. you will eventually start to behave that way with them to make them feel more comfortable. It's because it's like, well, you don't joke like you used to. So now I got to feel like, well, I kind of got to joke the way I used to. With you, yeah. But I can't, yeah. like, we can't do that. Like, I can't do that with you anymore. I can't make you feel comfortable at the detriment of me and my walk with Christ. Like, you're, you're, a relationship is never that serious, bro. 
never that that serious for you to be jeopardizing yourself and your relationship with Christ. It's just never that freaking serious. Mm-hmm. Well, for uh, Canadia, that verse was Second uh, Corinthians five, verse seventeen. Thank uh, you, Bruce therefore, King. therefore, if any <laughs> man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So, to be to piggyback off Canadia, what she was saying was, man. The devil used anybody for that dude to be like, oh, I, I can't. With him not, I don't know if he ever said it to you, but with him, with him not saying it, it was like, oh, the devil's like telling Kanika, oh, hey, come back, like I liked you over here, like I like, I like this, I like the old you where, you know, you was you was insecure and didn't believe in God, and you we did whatever we wanted to do together. Come, come be my friend again. It's just like. You know, like we gotta understand that the devil works through the people too. Mm-hmm. He has his own. He has many, many, many disciples. Many. You know, the word that the, that that verse uses is many, and it says God only has a few. So we have to understand that we're dealing with, we're living in a world that's against what God wants. So more than likely, people that you're gonna deal with is is gonna be against what God wants. And they're gonna have to. They're gonna have devil spirits dealing with them. Like the guy has a guy has a spirit, and the devil has a spirit. And you gotta be able to decipher which one it is. Mm, that's real. So I, I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know how people say, "Oh, don't be ashamed." You know, don't feel bad. Do you guys think that shame is necessary at some point, though? Facts. Okay. You need yes, it's it's humility. Like you, you need, need to humility. be humbled. You said what, Junior? We need humility. Yeah, because if we if if we walk in a way where we feel like we're always right and we're always doing everything right, we're gonna think we're gods ourselves. What what would what would we need to have a relationship with God for when we do everything right on our own? Mm-hmm. So you, being ashamed is necessary because you need to be corrected. Like you have to have people around you that give you wisdom. You have to walk in wisdom. Like that's, I think that's very foolish to feel like you can't be ashamed of something that you do. That's a foolish thought process. Cause how are you going to grow? And I feel like in order for you to like have a walk, like, in order for you to get to that point where you're ready to walk with God, I feel like you have to hit that place of shame. Because if, if you're not shameful of, or feeling convicted for your actions, then you don't feel the need to do anything to change. It's like, I don't feel shame. I don't feel bad. I don't feel anything. So why would I need to be like, oh, yeah, let me turn my life around when I'm feeling okay. So I do think sometimes we tell our friends, don't feel bad. Don't feel shameful. Like, God doesn't want you to feel like that. But at some point, you might have to go through that period of being like, wow, like I'm ashamed of my actions. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, I don't think it, it's a place of like hating yourself or not being happy with yourself. But sometimes it's like a place of my actions were wrong. Like the way I've been living, I feel shameful. I feel guilty. I feel convicted. I feel like God is trying to tell me something. Like every time, like, you know, just an honest moment when before I was celibate and I was you know intimate I never I always kind of felt like shame because I feel like God was always telling me for a while that that wasn't me who I was truly meant to become 
for mm-hmm. some people because my friends would describe sex as like oh it's so fun and it's so this and you feel so all, all these different ways and I never quite felt like that like yeah the physical part was okay like it was cool like okay whatever you know you know I got mine but whatever but emotionally like I never felt the way my friends felt they made they made it seem like it was going on like a roller coaster and afterward I just felt like is this how you feel on a roller coaster? Because <laughs> I'm feeling kind of shameful right now, but I still didn't stop. But once I did reach a point of being like, okay, I really cannot do this anymore because now I'm really can't even look at myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Then that's kind of when I really hit that place of hardcore shame and I changed. See, I, I feel that a hundred percent. Cause the thing is, is like you, you know, when you're doing something wrong, like, even if it's not the Holy Spirit speaking to you, your soul, your literal soul knows, your spirit knows when you're doing something wrong. And it's like, you know, for for that situation, it's more so, hey, I know that the Bible tells me I'm not supposed to do this. Not only the Bible tells me I'm not supposed to do this, I'm doing it, I'm, I'm finding a relationship with somebody that's not a real relationship. I'm holding on to them in a way that is is so physical, there's no emotional connection. And it's like, you you know at the end of it, it's like, are they going to stay or are they going to go? Like, are we about to cuddle or are we about to, you know, stay together? Uh, are you about to leave? Like, am I going to talk to you tomorrow? It's those feelings, those feelings, those feelings outweigh that moment of satisfaction. Like, genuinely, it really does. And you don't notice that until afterwards. You know, other people are okay with that, the feeling of, you know, flesh and the fleshly happiness, but other people want more. Yeah. You want more. You want more than just the physical. You want the calls. You want the love. You want the gifts. You want the, you know, notes and letters and the actual relationship, not just the physical part. And I think that your spirit knew that's what you wanted. And the little things that you were getting wasn't enough. And that's a beautiful thing that you want more for yourself than just that. Like yeah. that, that's an amazing thing that you love yourself more and you know, God loves you more that he didn't think that that was the best you can do. And I, and I could say from my past experience, it was the same thing for me. Like I'd never felt fully fulfilled. I always teetered with this. Should I be celebrating? Or should I not? And then all of a sudden something happened back in the situation. And now I'm like, okay, should I be celebrating? Or should I not? It was always like Kanithia said, a roller coaster. Till I got to a point where I was like, eh, this roller coaster is making me sick and I'm tired <laughs> and I, I, I can't do it no more. Like I'm tired. So when you get to that point of being tired, that's when you start making some moves, you make some changes. I agree with y'all, man. Uh, I had the verse for the shame part of it. It was uh, Proverbs 22, 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor in life. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, I feel like uh, one of the things that the church doesn't have anymore is humility or shame. Like, you, like, we need to hold people accountable for the things that they do. Like it, and it's it's important because open rebuke is better than uh, secret kisses. Some verse, there's a verse like that I can't remember it right now, but there's a verse that says something along those lines. So, uh, the, why does it why is it so important? Because and it explains in that same chapter. I probably might as well find it, but um, it's um, it explains that same chapter saying that 
that open rebuke will cause someone else not to sin. Someone else seeing that situation, they won't duplicate that problem. They won't, they won't, you know, make that same mistake. So mm-hmm. you don't have a reoccurring problem continually coming through the church. But one of the main things is like out of wedlock pregnancy. Like once upon a time, that used to be such a big thing. Like they would, that was that would get you in. Like you would deal with shame, and yes, you would deal with the shame. It's like, dang, yeah. You know, and especially this generation for people listening, this probably is like, oh, you're probably looking at me crazy, but it's just like you have to deal with that shame because uh, now your little Sally that's been paying attention to you is going to see that, okay, it's not good to be, it's not good to have a child out of wedlock. It's, it, there's an order to this stuff. So it's like it's, everything God does is in perfect order. You know, like you may have made a mistake. What, which is, what counts for most is that God's going to forgive you for that mistake. That's number one. But for every sin that you do, there is a punishment for it. There is a reprimanding for it. God forgives you. Yes, he loves you. Yes, but never forget he's a father. I had a conversation with that with Sam earlier about uh, earlier this week that God is a father at the end of the day. He loves us. He's going to forgive us for what we've done, but he must discipline us. And some form of discipline is shame. And yeah. You gotta be able to, you know, you put yourself in some situations, you gotta be able to take the heat that comes back from it. Mm-hmm. You know, but the you know, you gotta look at the positive too. Look at the the glass half full. God gave you another day to live, you know. He gave you another day the opportunity to repent. And he's gonna and, and he still loves you the same way he would did when you wasn't pregnant, uh with like, or if you wasn't on drugs or if you wasn't, you know, whatever that you wanna put, you know. In that in that section, so it's it's what you go through. I, I said this probably like three say podcast. Like you, what you go through is not for you; it's for somebody else. So that's very true. And I remember, like this conversation reminds me of my mom when I was younger. She never liked going to like black churches, and my grandmother was an elder in the church. Well, my great grandmother was an elder in a church and I remember she would take us to her older church all the time my mom would never go I never understood it but then she told me that when she got pregnant with me because my mom had me she got pregnant at 15 had me at 16 and the church really you know this was like back in the day you know and they would make my mom sit in a very back pew and when she had me no one was allowed to talk to my mom or nobody was even allowed to like um, hold me in church. And they literally, you know, would shame my mom and other young girls that would get pregnant out of wedlock, especially when the church and the, like the deacons and the pastor, they really wanted the girls and the young men to get married. So for a lot of them that grew up together, They'll be like, well, you know, it wasn't like an arranged marriage, but it was one of those things where the church was like, you've known him all your life. You both come to church. You both throw into God. Like, mm-hmm. we would like for you to, to get married to somebody from the church and have a family and do things the right way. And, you know, my mom bucked the system because that's just how my mama is. If you know her, you know her. And she was just like, I got pregnant. And they they shamed me. And at first I was like, well, you know, forget them. How could grandma be a part of a church like that? But now looking back on it, even though, yeah, you know, that's my mom. So I'm always going to think about it from a different point of view. Like my emotions, I was going to kind of be attached to it a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But, you know, I understood why they were doing what they were doing because like Junior said, they were trying to show other young girls and young boys in the church that this is what happened. Like, no, you're not going to come to church with your baby and us be like, goo, 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 gaga. Like, we're not going to be open and just so happy that our our 16-year-old girls in a church are having babies. Like, and I look back on it now, and that was like an older style church. And we, I have not been to a church like that in a long time. I don't even know if they still exist. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, my mom always said she felt so shameful about that. And it made her feel so bad. But now I'm just kind of like, well, I mean, what you did was kind of a shameful act. Yeah. And you, I mean, you didn't, did, did you want to get pregnant at 15? Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that a part That's of the story? Probably not. You didn't get to go. My mom didn't get to go to prom. She didn't get to do like graduation things. She said mm-hmm. on her prom night, she was, she was at work. Because by that point, she had like a toddler. Wow. So, wow. you know, uh, it, 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 it might have saved tough. another girl in the church from going down that same path. Even if my mom made it out and did not become a statistic, it was still shameful for her. Right. That's real. I couldn't find what I was exactly talking about, but there is a verse in Proverbs that says uh, 27, uh, Proverbs 27, verse 5. It says, open rebuke is better than secret love. So, mm. like, God stands behind, you know, us telling each other straight up, like, you you wrong for what you did. Like, you, you knew that you're in the church. You knew that you're not supposed to be having sex outside of wedlock, and then now you have a jit, and you want us to cater to you. Like, you have to have there has to be some sort, like, God forgives her. Facts. That's already, the table is already set. God's going to forgive forgave her for what she, for the sin that she committed, you know? Yeah. But the punishment comes right out, like, you, he's your father. Like, think about, I want people to think about it like that. He's your dad. You're at home. You broke the vase. You tell dad, I'm sorry. He's going to say, it's okay. And then he pulled that rod out on you. So it's just like you gotta understand, like the guy, <laughs> there's a punishment for that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a there's a, a a reprimanding. Some people that don't get hit, that don't that didn't get whooped, it's time out or I take your phone for a week, or you know ground you grounded or something like that. Like there's a your dad didn't doesn't the, when your when your dad says you're grounded or he gives you a whooping. He doesn't be like he doesn't like go from oh I love you before he find out about the situation that he hates you afterwards. He still loves you throughout the whole entire thing. He understands yeah. that you need a you need a discipline, so you know that you not not to make the same mistake again. And if you have siblings, your siblings see, okay, I'm not gonna make that same mistake again. Okay, I just seen older, bro, I just seen big bro, big sis, get chastised. I mean, get uh, rebuked for this. So I'm not gonna put myself in a situation to be rebuked for the same thing. That just elevates you. Elevates the next generation. It takes you. It's just one less problem that you have to deal. It's one less mishap that you have to deal with. It's one less, uh, you know, baby. Uh, plus, I don't know. There's just so many different things you can be. You can just fill in the blank. It's one less one of those situations. Yeah, that's real. And and like we said, is I mean, obviously, it's hurtful for the person receiving it. But one thing that I I feel like I need to resonate with the mistakes I've made. And I think a lot of people need to resonate with it too, is the fact that it shows how much God loves us when we are disciplined. Mm 
Yeah. And we are reprimanded because I would hate if I did something wrong. And every time I did something wrong, it's just nothing happened. Like mm-hmm. I would never feel ashamed because it's like, okay, okay. I just, I just did X, Y, and Z. Okay. Now, because I got away with that, I could do the next thing and I yeah. could do probably something 10 times worse than that. It, so it's it a, grows. Exactly. So it's a beautiful thing when you realize that, wow, he loves me enough to discipline me. Like he didn't turn his face from me. I have another chance. I got another opportunity to do better. Yeah, exactly. Like if your father is let you run wild Mm -hmm. and never discipline you like children. And if you guys heard the convo before we started recording, (laughs) you will see why we are having so many examples of, you know, beating your child, beating your child. But if 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 a father never disciplined their child and like you you know you meet kids who their parents let them do whatever they wanted to do because I've met children like this like I've met mm-hmm. kids like that and they were some of the worst kids like literally okay, growing the up don't get whooped. The, no 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 there's other point okay. of discipline <laughs> I said discipline not whooped <laughs> disciplined Okay, you know, black people think discipline is just like get the belt. But kids that just never got discipline, like they got whatever they wanted at all times, them were never the kids that were good in school. Them were always the kids that were in trouble, mischievous, you couldn't trust them, always on color red. Who remembers the color red in elementary school? I do. But um, yeah, just, <laughs> I'm just you know I just went back down memory lane, and I never got put on red. The one time I did get put on red, I'm on How red. You never God. got put on red, but you no. did get put on red. I, I never did, but it was like once or twice when I did. Okay, <laughs> and I felt so much shame. Like the teacher was like, "You're never on red. Like, what's going on today?" And I was like, "Oh my God, I can never get past yellow again." Do you remember oh how shameful? Do you guys remember how shameful you used yeah. to feel when you were nope. like, okay, okay, all right. This is a different breed. Bro. When you were Julia was a kid that just was <laughs> whatever. I, I didn't get to go on a field trip until I had to go and grab bash my senior year. Isn't that crazy? That is so sad. <laughs> like literally, like they even they make you feel shame even in third grade like I remember when a teacher was when I was talking like doing the lesson and the teacher would say can you go change your color and I would be like that took his best it right but you felt so shameful it, yeah, it was like just hit me with a nostalgia shot bro especially <laughs> if you sit in the front of the class and had oh, to yeah, walk yeah, yeah. to the back of the class to change your, your color I used to be quiet for the rest of the day. I bet, man. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. So shameful. And honestly, that might be why in middle school and high school, I never got suspended. I've only had detention one time, never got a referral. That might be why, because I remember just being in elementary school and being told to change my color. And mm-hmm. I would just feel so just so ashamed (laughs) and then they used to write in your agenda so-and-so was on color so-and-so today please talk to her about talking during class and then expect you to get that junk signed and show them i learned how to force my mom's signature signature. 
Sorry, hey, sorry, mommy. I thought I was the only one. No, sorry, mommy. You if you hear this episode, time. I forged your signature a few times. If you find my old agendas, you will see your name a few times, and you have no idea that you signed that because you didn't. <laughs> wow, didn't sign it for I me. Yeah, I had to. I had to start early, bro. I had to start the the four signatures early. Yeah, my mom has the easiest. Sig- like she, you know she what's funny? Person. I'm finding out a lot of different things about y'all right now. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> It's just shame is all around us. <laughs> well, this is what time? This is what this is a shameful time. I'm not gonna lie. I was, I used to forge my dad's signature so much that there was one time the lady gave me this paper. We had to go get signed at home. Man, I signed it in class and we turned it in. <laughs> you see how brain dead I was, dog. <laughs> so I turned it in and the lady was like, "How'd you?" <laughs> my brain was melting was because you were used to not getting no type of consequences yeah exactly so since no one knew I used to do that I just for some reason I just thought hmm, let me turn it in now it was signed <laughs> in and get to the lady nigga tripping <laughs> tripping tripping wow. yeah I was yeah uh-uh I, I remember that y'all Memory oh, lane, man. Come on now. We all got those memories of changing that color and feeling that shame. Mm-hmm. And then, like, maybe they might call your, like, they might call your parents or something if it happens yeah, repeatedly. Yeah. So now you feel ashamed from all over the place. I didn't raise you like that. What's wrong with you? Now for more shame. <laughs> Sorry, mm. mom. I was not worried about my people's and what the school is going to do to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the school can't really touch you, but when you got home, it's kind of like, Really? So I tell you, you know what, man? I ain't got time for this. Patrice Carter, right on this agenda. <laughs> man. I was on the bad one. I was a good child, okay? Nah, let me tell you, Kanithia is a facade back in the day. Let me tell you, Kanithia made it seem like she was such a good kid. I tell her my horror stories as, as me as a child. She was like, oh my God, Samantha, you was just all over the place. All of a sudden, come to find out. Just <laughs> a demon child. When I told you, I was, <laughs> she was a demon child, bro. Man, I didn't no. like being being bad in front of adults was not my thing. But mm-hmm. when adults left, I came to play. <laughs> wow, wow, wow! That's real because she really did. You're scared of authority. It's good because I knew authority. Authority has the power to change some things. Authority can write can write a referral. You, you're ten. I'm ten. You have no power. Like, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I feel, I feel, no, that's same level. Sound like a bully to me. My sixth grade year, I had the most referrals in the whole school. Junior, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? The story could go on. Story... Man, I ain't even no therapy, bro. No, it sounds like he needed therapy. It sounds like you was one of them kids that used to be said, hurt people, hurt people. Sound like he was that child. Mm. I didn't do nothing to nobody. I just, you know, I was just a class clown. And it just got, I just let it, I was just, you know, man, I don't know. I was tripping, bro. But yeah, man. Look at him now. A changed man. Look at your Your teacher would be so proud. Shout out to Mr. Gilbert, man. He changed my life. Okay. Did he really? Yeah, man. It was a pretty okay. intense conference I had on him. 
Oh, 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 so you did get some type of counseling. Low key, low key, low key. Low key, high key. Free, 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 free. Y'all funny, but this convo, this convo, y'all, real good. I feel like we, we, I think this was like our diary episode, kind of. I feel like it low key was because, I mean, shame is attached to so much personal things. Like, you could feel shame because you could be triggered. Yeah. And then something happens and you like, man, and it just like shame. takes you back. Mm-hmm. But one thing, one of the biggest things, and I think that's what we kind of like sprinkled throughout the whole episode is you can't just stay in that. Like, yeah, you just can't. You got to realize the growth, realize the changes. And I think the biggest thing is, and I think I spoke to Kanithi about that today. You are not your sin. Mm. Like that you're not that you're not defined as whatever mistakes you've made. And you got to just kind of remember that in those low moments when you are reminded, when you are put in a predicament that brings you back to where you used to be. Like, you're not that. You're bigger than that. You're more relevant, more important, more loved, bigger than all that. Yeah. And you are worthy. You are worthy. Because the devil wants us to believe that. Remember who you used to be? Do you remember what you used to do? You ain't that far from it. You ain't that far from it. Like, look at you. But God wants you to say, no, come to me with this. I can fight the devil for you. Yeah. Like, I brought you out of it because I saw you as worthy. I saw you as important. You're important to the kingdom. You have a purpose. So that's just right there. God taking you out of that sinful life. Who you used to be is God saying, I view you as so worthy that and I have just a huge purpose for your life that I cannot allow you to, to stay in this life style. So, I need I need you. The kingdom, the kingdom needs you. You know, even though they say that God doesn't need us, which he doesn't, but sometimes it makes me feel good to know that God really wanted me. Yeah. Like he picked me for this purpose. He chose for me to come out of this. And that was him doing his part in our father-daughter relationship. And now my part is to every day, you know, with try to live righteously and try to say thank you to God every single day for bringing me up out of that. Because honestly, even though I felt shame this week and even though that situation really bothered me, I still was like, but I'm out of it though. Yeah. But I'm still going to wake up tomorrow morning and I'm still going to be in such a better place than I was in 2018, 2017, 2016. Like I'm not that person anymore. I don't even think the same way. I don't move the same way. I don't talk the same way. Nothing about me is the same person that I used to be. And I have to remember that God brought me up out of that and that I'm I'm incredibly thankful to him, not even just for helping me out financially this week or, you know, my car, being able to go out and afford things. It's the fact that God, in a moment of shame, you rescued me. Thanks. Like, thank you, God. Thank you so much for being so powerful, like, wow like I, I i'm just so thankful to have god in my life for so many different reasons i go far beyond the physical and the external and the financial blessing it's 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 a blessing every day just to know him that's the biggest blessing of all just to know that he loves me and that when i call on him he answers so thank you god thank you god for answering Amen. we love you god <laughs> oh <laughs> all right you ever heard that dude that 
What's his name? Mike Servin. He's no. gonna do that. Be dancing. They'll be break dancing, talking about some Jesus Christ. People don't know what you watch on the internet. <laughs> oh. I have no idea what you watch on the internet. I never seen yeah, that that's one. Crazy. The the people know. The people know, man. I don't think know either. <laughs> <Do> they? <laughs> if y'all know, comment on this episode, man. Save me, bro. If we they get no me. comments, I don't feel shameful for you. Like, if we get zero comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But, all right, y'all. So, we are at the end of the episode. Yes, you yes. can follow us on our Instagram, which is JC and Co. Podcast. Also, our Twitter, which is also JC and Co. And if you want, you can follow us on our personal. Mine is by Sam DC. Mine is at Kenethia two underscores. And mine is GFSB underscore lifestyle. All right, y'all. We're going to close out with prayer. All right. I'll lead us out. <laughs> I'm over here dancing. Okay. <laughs> Bow your head, everybody. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together for this episode. And thank you so much for the people that are going to be listening to it. Lord, this week, you know, me and Sam, we felt some shame. And we went back to our old, what we thought about our old ways, God. But you healed us and you delivered us from that shame. You defeated the devil who tried to use us in that moment, God, to bring us down, to take us out. And that happens to so many of us, God, who turn towards you but we are still triggered or things happen that remind us of who we used to be and what we used to do. But God, when we come to you, Lord, you heal us and you remove all of those things, God. So we just pray that whoever listened to this episode, if they are going through a period of feeling shameful, God, that they may play this episode and that they may turn toward you, Lord, and that they may be healed as well. God, shame is important at times because we have to understand the error of our ways. But God, we're no longer those same women. We're no longer those same men. And and we are the children of God. You Mm -hmm. love us. You rescued us, God. And we just want to say thank you so much for bringing us up out of who we used to be, God, because you saw us as worthy for the kingdom. And you didn't have to do any of that, God, but you loved us so much that you brought us out of sin and pain and just in death. A life that's only going to lead to death, but now we have chosen life because you chose us. And we are choosing you each and every day, God. So we pray for our listeners. We pray over this episode, God, allow it to impact. Even if it's just one person, God, allow JC and Cole to be an impactful podcast, not just a popular podcast. And God, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. We out of here. God willing. We'll talk to y'all next week. All right. Bye. Yes, sir. Y'all, we actually have a podcast.